so I think the most important part to be free in your work and all that is like, you need to always remember that you don't need to belong. You just need to be you. Welcome to the Pixel Paper Podcast, a series where we get to know the creative processes behind up-and-coming digital artists. My name is Noor, graphic designer and work-in-progress artist, and I'll be your host for this series. For this episode of the podcast, we have a free-spirited yet hard-working artist who is currently working in Nickelodeon Studios in Finland. She gives us loads of great tips on how to be more free in our art, as well as what it's like to work in an animation studio. And she also talks us through her inspirations, including her family and the Impressionist movement. On top of all of that, she has also illustrated an architecture book for one of the major, if not the biggest, architecture firm in the world. So I hope you will enjoy this super duper interesting podcast episode with illustrator Kat Rao. Hi Kat, how are you? Hello Noor, very good. Thank you. And you? Yes, I'm great. Thank you so much. So for the sake of our audience, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so hi, uh, my name is Katarina, um, or Kat, Kat Rao, and I'm from Portugal. I'm um, at the moment a concept artist, visual development artist, working mostly for TV and film, mm-hmm. but also I'm kind of a graphic designer, interior and exterior designer, so I kind of have a, well, just an overall design background, but yeah, mostly working for TV and film. Mm. That's really interesting that you you have such a like varied background. What made you kind of move into animation? Yeah, I think um, animation was like all not animation but cinema mm. was always my first love. I always wanted to work in cinema, but like coming from a small country like Portugal, you don't really think that's possible, right? Um, mm. Cinema usually is more for people from the UK or USA mm. or that. <laughs> So we kind of don't really believe in that. But um, that's why I started by studying design. Mm. Um, a lot of design stuff like interior and then graphic, etc. And then I realized, oh, cinema, it's possible. And that, w- that happened in London. And animation, of course, then because I also love to paint and love digital art. So mm-hmm. animation is like the that sweet place where every art meets so it's yeah. like every design every art so yeah that's why i chose animation because um it's like uh, the combination of everything which i really really love yeah yeah that's true mm-hmm. i guess it really it's a nice mix of all your backgrounds like design and art and graphic design yeah definitely, definitely. yeah so could you tell us a bit more about your particularly digital art journey where it started and you know how you've got to where you are Mm-hmm. So, of course, like um, I paint since I'm really young. My mm. mom, she was um, kind of a painter as well. I have oh, cool. uh, seven siblings. They are wow. all related to design and art. I'm the youngest. Wow. So I, I grew up um, looking at them doing stuff, films and paintings and, uh, and photography. So, of course, I had like no way out. I, I had to be <laughs> in that field as well, right? Yeah. So, um, 
so yeah so I remember when I was around 15 I think I was in YouTube and I saw a guy uh, doing this painting that I was like oh how is he doing this like mm. because I um we used to think Photoshop was only for editing photos and all of that. We didn't yeah. really see Photoshop as a tool for creating paintings or anything. So, and then I started like searching and searching and searching online always. And um, I realized, oh, digital art is a thing. So I went at, uh, I was 15 or 16, as I mentioned. So I went to work on a summer festival to get mm -hmm. money to buy a Wacom. And then, well, and then it was how it started. I just discovered it online. And I, um, yeah, I got a Wacom and I started painting digitally, mostly having fun, learning a lot. And yeah. That's wow. That's really cool. So you've been painting, I guess, since you were 15? Yeah, so digitally, yes. Digitally, since yeah. I'm like yeah. uh, 15 or 16, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and traditionally since, um, well, younger age I think. <laughs> do you still do mm -hmm. traditional art? I do yeah um not for work because like it's so fast-paced that we need to hand in always like kind of digital stuff but uh, for fun definitely yeah I do. Mm. And do you mm -hmm. think how do you think your kind of childhood working traditionally helped you later on when you started working digitally? Yeah, uh, helped me a lot because I still, I kind of, so I'm not um, that much of a Photoshop geek, if mm. this makes sense. So I still paint on Photoshop almost like I paint, I would paint traditionally. Of course, Photoshop just makes things easier. So yeah. it's even better because when I'm on traditional like uh, acrylics or even like uh, with pencils, right? Mm. You kind of need to take decisions and you, yeah. you feel like you need to think a lot before taking a decision and on photoshop you can just go back control z and all that yeah. so so yeah the way i paint in photoshop is almost the same way i paint in um in traditional so yeah so mm. i feel like um so i feel like it definitely helped otherwise because i'm i didn't learn to paint uh oh sorry just a second someone is knocking Oh no. Okay, sorry. No problem. Um, because yeah, I'm not one of those kids who learned to paint directly on Photoshop, so they probably know like thousands of tricks and all of that. Mm. No, I just paint like almost like paper. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, right. That's cool. What you said about um, Control Z versus having to think a lot um, in traditional art. Would you say that? you know, the freedom that digital art offers is an advantage? Yeah, yeah, I think it mm. is an advantage. Um, I think it's also, it can be quite, um, well, it's an advantage, advantage and a disadvantage, right? Mm -hmm. Because like on in one hand, you have this thing, like you can just like do thousands of studies and go back and uh, back and forth, back and forth, like, um, you can do a lot of testing. On the other hand, you, you don't train your brain to make the right decision straight away as you need to train it for traditional, right? So mm. maybe let's say you can become a bit lazy or 
a bit lazy, but at the same time you become more experimental because you know you can always go back. So I do definitely see the digital has a, an advantage because um, I'm not one of those that is like against uh, digital art and like we should all be traditional. No, I think like we if we have a tool and if that tool makes our job easier, why not mm -hmm. to use it, right? So I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I actually forgot to mention, um, normally when I'm interviewing someone, I'll tell the audience why I wanted to interview them. And the reason I wanted to interview you in particular mm -hmm. is because I found you, as I told you before, uh, I found you through Dazeen, which is, mm -hmm. um, for those of you who are listening who don't know what that is, that's mainly a architecture and design magazine. And you mm -hmm. actually did a... Um, a book for Fosters, right? Which is a really major yeah. architectural practice. I mean, we'll yeah. get onto that a bit later, but what I really liked about your illustrations is how freeing they are and how kind of, you know, just they have a really you style. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to know, like, could you give myself or other artists listening tips on how to be more free, particularly in digital art? Yeah, um... How to be free in digital arts. Uh, or just learn to <laughs> express yourself more, I think, because your drawings are so expressive. Yeah, um, thank you, first of all. <laughs> and uh, I think the most important part is, so as I mentioned to you, I'm the mm. youngest of seven yeah. siblings, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and they are all um, older than me and all right. that. So um, when I, so this is, I was thinking about this and it's like it's quite true because when I went to school uh, you know um, I never felt the need to be accepted as much because I knew as soon as I got home everyone like all my older brothers and sisters would just like take me as I am and accept <laughs> me so I remember and you have like imagine like when you go to school as a kind of a lonely kid of course you want to be part of a group hmm. But I never felt that need because I had a huge group at home that wow. would just accept me. Oh. So I, I always felt that um, because I wasn't a very a particular social kid or anything. But at the same time, I always had that very strong uh, support behind me telling me like, you are mm. enough. You don't need to be part of this just because. So mm -hmm. I, I, and then I feel like some artists, they might struggle a bit with that because of course you you just want to kind of be good, uh, air quotes, right? And you want to belong to some, to some group mm -hmm. of art or anything. Mm -hmm. And you are constantly judged in art world, right? If people are always like, oh, no, your drawing is not good. Your drawing is good. And if mm -hmm. sometimes you don't have that support behind you telling you like, no, this, is, this stuff is good, you are enough, you can feel quite lost and like start your work starts get really influenced by the opinion of others maybe so i think the most important part to get to be like to to be free in your work and all that is like you need to always remember that you don't need to belong uh, you don't need to be part of a specific group you don't need to be good as you think someone is or anything you just need to be you right uh, mm. if if being you means uh having a bit of less technique a bit of less like knowledge about colors or a bit of less cute style or let's say because like in digital arts sometimes like 
you make it cuter you have more followers you make it brighter you have more people enjoying it yeah if if that's not part of your personality you shouldn't change that for mm -hmm. for the sake of following followers or anything mm -hmm. because like i see a lot of artists who are constantly like struggling like oh i have like a lot of for example social media followers but i feel like i want to experiment more with my work but i mm -hmm. can't because i need to be air quotes accepted by this kind of people yeah. that will... so i think like first of all really uh, do what what brings you like joy you know what you feel mm -hmm. like you should be doing not you feel like not what you think that other people think that you should be doing that's mm -hmm. a big big important thing i think mm -hmm. yeah yeah no that was really nice i think i've just got the quote that i can put at the beginning of the podcast now like you just said it <laughs> what <laughs> quote is it uh, the, the quote about being you like you said it really yeah. nicely. but yeah no i think that's that's really nice you basically had a your tribe of people <laughs> yeah i did young. yeah yeah that was very very helpful because yeah. um and especially because they were older they mm. kind of they knew how to look at at my insecurities as a child or anything and kind of work on that yeah so i never felt really the need to of course everyone feels the need to like to fit in and all of that but i was already somewhere uh i felt like always a really strong background so i didn't at school i never felt like this like i need to be accepted like so strong or anything yeah on the followers part uh just we'll jump to social media really quickly um how mm -hmm. big of a role does social media play in your practice um i think social media um helped me a lot for multiple reasons mm. uh, first of all is like so i think all my freelance work and all my even digital artwork mm -hmm. everything came from social media so it's like social media is amazing to connect with people with directors with uh, people from studios and they see your work straight away so mm -hmm. in that part i think social media is absolutely amazing i'm a big um every time a student asks me oh what do you think i should do the first thing i say is like put your work out there and the and the easiest way is like social media and then you know have your website all of that but definitely put your work on social media um with this i don't mean like you need to be totally obsessed with it and have like thousands of followers mm. because that's not important at all i think the most important is like with who do you connect like because like you can have 3000 followers uh, 3000 yeah whatever followers that are just like air quotes kids who like your art blah 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 but mm. they are not finding you any job right mm. uh, but 3000 versus one director in one studio who will get you a job is more worth it it is, is the director will always be more worth so it's not about mm -hmm. the quantity but the quality of your connections right mm -hmm. yeah. i believe i believe in that yeah yeah uh, of course quantity helps but quality for me it's so much more important yeah mm. and also i use social media a lot just to get inspired like is my yeah. biggest um uh source of inspiration like the fastest not the biggest but the fastest yeah. like i'm walking on the street or I'm waiting for a buzz and I, I go check and suddenly I see 
someone making an amazing drawing and I'm like, whoa, amazing. So yeah, these two parts, like the networking and the inspiration, mm -hmm. I think it's quite important, yeah. Mm. And what social medias do you use normally? Uh, I use mostly Instagram and LinkedIn. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not on Twitter. Oh, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I actually just joined Clubhouse, mm -hmm. but I, I haven't been active there. I just joined by an invitation and I want to, it seems cool, like it's kind of uh, talking, it's like, it almost feels like you're listening to podcasts all the time, right. but I didn't spend any time there, but I might soon, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, because the reason I ask is because a lot of people I've noticed tend to get their work through Twitter. Um, I've mm -hmm. not actually heard a lot of people getting work through Instagram. So oh, wow. I'm, I'm quite interested to hear your side of it. Like, I feel like Instagram is such an oversaturated platform that it's really hard to get reach or to get um, someone like a director, let's say, to see your work. Mm -hmm. So is there anything in particular that you do which you know, allows directors to see your work, for example? Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a big um, geek, but, um, well, I just post my work, uh, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> somehow they find, usually, uh, for example, if I see a, a film on the yeah. credits, like uh, a name, a film that I really liked, I always search, uh, search the credits and I find who directed that and I, if that person has Instagram, I will just follow that uh, mm. him or her. But um, I don't do anything particular. But I understand what you mean with oversaturation. Is like uh, I I know it can be a bit uh, overwhelming. But uh, lately, what I've been trying to do is just like try to unfollow every from my art account. I also have my personal, but for my art account. I try to unfollow everything that it's not art related. So nowadays my feed is just art. I don't have like Insta foods or sushi or salads yeah. there. I just really have drawings. So I feel like I feel like it's great. But yeah, people have been saying uh, amazing things about Twitter. I must try. I went to. I I remember I've been on Twitter like Twitter ten years ago or something. But it was a time when people would just be there writing like. Hey, I'm eating cookies. Uh, hey, I'm yeah. eating that. So I was like, yeah, oh, same, no. same. <laughs> so I don't know Twitter in this new way, but mm. yeah, I definitely need to spend some time there because, yeah. like, I I hear amazing things about it. Yeah, I mean, I just jumped on Twitter maybe a few months ago, and the okay. art scene on there is really, really good. Actually, like, I think it's oh, a lot more, let's say, curated than Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier in a way to find people and the quality on there is just it's amazing honestly so amazing i think um, and i think also the tip that you mentioned about the director finding the director and following them that's really really useful i think um, i'll definitely be using that tip <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so you also you studied graphic design right yeah so i actually read on your website that um, on your graphic design page, I found it really striking the difference between your digital art and your graphic design. It's, mm -hmm. it's completely like opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think in a way that's really beautiful because your designs are so minimal compared to your artwork. So do you find it difficult to balance the designer side and your art side? Yeah, so I think when I uh, started studying typography and graphic design and all of that, I learned 
a really important thing about composition that is like every element should have a space to breathe mm. and space is really important and i think it's uh, almost like music like the silent yeah. beats are usually what makes the, a great song right the yes. space in betweens and that those in betweens are something that i was really really aware when i was doing graphic design Mm. And also uh, because I studied design in general from such a young age, since I was like 15, yeah. um, I learned really quickly about the design thinking process and mm -hmm. how important it is to, to just have a meaningful design. And with this, I mean, you don't need extra stuff that it's not needed mm. there. And, and because like for graphic design, the main purpose, the main goal is to communicate. I always felt like words can do that. And I, even though I love illustration and images and all of that, for some reason, as a graphic designer, I never felt that need to have an image next to a word. Hmm. So I'm, I'm a big fan of typography and books and editorials. And I love when, when works I, are purely typographic, if this makes sense. So mm -hmm. it's very contradictory because at the same time, I'm an illustrator and digital artist. Yeah. But when it's about words, because I'm a big, big, big fan of words as well, mm -hmm. I, I like just to have a word there. And sometimes words are in graphic design they kind of become an image as well they make yeah. a texture yeah. so that's why i always that's why my uh, graphic design um is always very typographic because i see words as images and not that much as just text <laughs> that's really interesting like mm. yeah i mean the way you explain that so in a way they're both they're just two types of illustrations you know <laughs> exactly exactly yeah exactly yeah. I'm also um, a big fan of concrete poetry. So I bought um, a typewriter in my last years as a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. So I was just basically creating images with words. And um, nice. yeah, they, they communicate the same way as uh -huh. a drawing or as a painting. So yeah, that's yeah. why it's, it's so different. But at the same time, it kind of relates. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still practicing graphic design or you're just completely into illustration now? Uh, yes, I do for my personal work. Um, mm. I'm still, I'm trying to, to do a, at the time, uh, like a graphic novel, more or less. It's just a very work in progress thing. Mm. So I'm definitely working on like typography for that and um, a, pagination in general but mm. yeah I don't do professionally I was not hired as a graphic designer and I don't want to be hired as a graphic designer so I never really looked for a job in that area mm. I just really love to do it more for autorial work and not that much for commercial work mm. that's interesting because you have it on your website so it's kind of like you'd assume that you know mm -hmm. you'd, you'd take that kind of work but it's, it's interesting yeah, because like I would take it, but you know, a graphic the graphic design industry tends to be sometimes a lot for advertising, yeah. a lot like for commercial, and that's the only part of graphic design that I don't particularly enjoy that much yeah. working yeah. for it. You know, 
I I do love like um, more like experimental the experimental side of graphic design mm -hmm. and not the commercial side. So that's why I kind of never really uh, looked for jobs in that yeah area. That's interesting because I was about mm -hmm. to just mm -hmm. ask you. Um, a question but in a way you kind of answered it and that question was um you know everyone's always saying you should be a specialist but you kind of have these two fields that you're um almost let's say specialized in but i suppose you've kind of prioritized illustration of a graphic design mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah definitely um i don't think you should you need to be a specialist in anything uh i think you just even if this sounds silly or naive or whatever i think you just need to have fun so mm -hmm. in the on the day that i stop having fun with animation like if if i'm working for seven years in the film and i feel miserable and terrible and i hate mm -hmm. it i think i will consider just like learn something else and work on that mm -hmm. i don't feel like you need to just like be focused on only one thing yeah. in particular that's why I, I also like studied different fields and all that because I think we are all here just like to experiment and to have fun so yeah, <laughs> yeah. no I, I can see that you've definitely applied that ethos in your life <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so let's go back to your illustration work because I'm really curious to know about mm -hmm. you know your process and everything so you mentioned that you work in in Nickelodeon right yeah yeah so for a nickelodeon tv show yeah okay okay so could you explain to us a bit about how you got that job um and you know mm -hmm. what kind of work you submitted to get that kind of job mm -hmm. so i'm working at uh in finland in Gigglebug studio for a nickelodeon tv mm -hmm. show but um how i got the job um uh, well i don't know ex well i know exactly it's so it it um how am i gonna explain this i think like the most important part to get a job in like one of these air quotes main studios or anything it's just like uh it doesn't happen in one week it's like years of like working and uh, mm. sharing your work and connecting with people and all of that um i think um what was the question again sorry uh, oh, my process to like how the, did you get that job basically you know what was your yes so i just um uh i knew someone that was on the production mm. and um well a friend of a friend and then um she was uh, the producer she i was um she was following me on linkedin and i was following her and one day she just asked me hey cat are you available for this role, I think you would fit the style. And I said, oh yeah, sure. And then <laughs> I got it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, it was, it was easy. Um, but um, I think, uh, yeah, I think when you, you do a lot of like different work, like if your portfolio is really like um, diverse, you can always like, people can always see how you would fit a project when you try to be like really really specific mm -hmm. i believe it's more difficult because like maybe your style just fits a certain kind of um thing right a, mm. a certain kind of style so uh, my advice is always like to show different techniques different stuff because people might be looking for 
different um, things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what do you mainly focus on if you can share? I mean, do you focus more on backgrounds or characters or both? Uh, both, uh, both, definitely. So I uh -huh. work as a vis dev. So uh -huh. uh, what I really uh, love to do is mostly people give me a script and mm -hmm. I like to read it. And either the environment or the characters, I start like sketching and imagining how the character would be, where should uh, she or he or they live, etc. So, yeah, I like to do a bit of everything, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I guess, and I mean, you can, you don't have to go into too much specifics, but I guess if you're working for one show, then characters, wouldn't they be the same and like, you know, colors and settings and things like that? Mm -hmm. oh, no. Yeah, for this specific job, uh, yeah. for this, I, I'm working mostly on backgrounds mm -hmm. uh, and color and lighting. So, yeah. yes, that's always the same style. And um, mm. we, I helped uh, in the very beginning, just now, uh, start like rendering and how, just like to try to find the style for the whole show. And mm. um, yeah, uh, I I'm, I've been just working mostly on colors, lighting and uh, backgrounds because the mm. characters of course are mostly the same the whole mm. season so <laughs> I think that's really interesting I mean like I'd love to just dive a bit more into this because I think you're, you're the first animator that I'm speaking to if that's okay so oh amazing yeah so I mean I from what I'm imagining um is the problem solving aspect more in the beginning parts of the show so like you know when you're having to decide the characters and the backgrounds and things like that because I can imagine later on, you know, when you have kind of, let's say, color palettes and character styles and all of that defined, it would be easier to do the animation or, you know, could you maybe clarify? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, there are a lot of different stages for, mm -hmm. uh, of a show, right? So mm -hmm. the very beginning is concept art where, okay. yeah, you start like sketching a lot, problem solving, you start yeah. painting, like just trying to find the mood and atmosphere for the show. Yeah. And then when things are accepted, um, you start getting uh, things more, you start getting the rules, like, so the design rules. So we should draw, for example, trees always this way and never that way. That's an mm. off style, that's in style. So you start like creating some rules to get the style right. It's like a brand guideline. Exactly, like yeah. a stuff. You you have the rules, you have your palettes and you never run a lot. You never run away from that. Mm. But then, um, I think in every single episode, there are uh, multiple problems still. Uh, so the problem in the beginning, so the question in the beginning was how uh, will these characters be? How will, will they look like? What's mm. like the environment, etc. The questions now that the show is, is starting uh, and it's well um, on, on the production, it's, it's like um, um, in progress that's what I mean the questions are like for example we have like a lot of layouts um, so mm -hmm. we usually start with the animatic and then mm -hmm. you have like with storyboards and then you have animatics then you have like backgrounds so you need to think a lot of staging so where will these characters walk through in the scenarios in the background it's like there are always problems really it's, it's every day is a problem solving mm -hmm. thing uh, most about like how will light enter um, this house without really disturbing the characters, without mm. really 
so yeah you have always like thousands of questions and designing is that is like answering that those questions yeah. right so every time you have a different background you need to think about the lighting you need to think about the texture you need to think about where will the character act air quotes they are like actors mm -hmm. right so yeah yeah where will they be how so the composition even and if the call imagine you want a pink wall but then the character is pink so maybe mm -hmm. you know a lot of stuff like yeah it's always yeah. problem solving problem solving problem solving yeah <laughs> yeah no that that sounds really interesting i mean like that's given me a lot of insight actually because it feels like every day you're learning something new in that sense definitely yeah yeah and how is it i mean what's team collaboration like i mean how do you divide the tasks and between you mm -hmm. um so it's uh, of course background team we do almost um the same like uh, all the same like we are coloring lighting mm. all of that but then we have some people just focus sometimes on color scripts uh we have people um just like uh focusing on main backgrounds like new locations mm. uh but yeah the tasks uh they tend to vary a bit but mm. also i think communication is always the key and um, yeah directors and supervisors are, are always like super happy if you imagine if you see a location that you really like and you say oh i would love to to paint this and you are totally free to do it so it's kind of and you are also free to suggest like i think the lighting should be this way i think mm -hmm. the colors should be that way so yeah it's kind of um free free environment like you can you are free to to experiment and to give an opinion and all mm -hmm. that yeah yeah so you're all kind of making the show together i suppose mm -hmm. yes. yeah yeah that's really cool and just if you don't mind me asking is it a show that's already being released or it's still uh, no oh, okay. it will be it's been announced but okay. will be airing in 2000 and so next year we oh, are in okay. 21 right and yeah so in 22 oh what's the name if it's been released it's a uh, best and bester. Okay, I'll check it yeah. out. <laughs> Sounds yeah, exciting. it's fun. It's based on the then the design is like '90s Miami Beach style. Uh -huh. it's, it's very fun, very um, enjoyable to watch. It's, uh -huh. it's. I think it's gonna be really, really cool for yeah. kids and for adults as well. It's gonna be. It's like a fun TV show, Nickelodeon style. You know, you have a lot yeah. of jokes. You have like rebels it's very nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just i've just googled it now it's very nickelodeon like the, the yeah aesthetic yeah <laughs> it's nice <laughs> mm -hmm. um i mean let's go back to talking about your work now i think the moment i landed on your website your use of color really hit me you know you're very very strong and confident in your color choices so what determines your color choices and, and how do you is it something that's intuitive to you or how does it work um yeah um so i think um i'm obviously very attracted usually to oranges and reds and all that i mm. don't know why it's just like a thing for me uh, so i tend to to go a lot that way but um sometimes it's it's intuitive sometimes it's it's usually it's like 
based on a lot of like references that I like or things that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every uh, drawing or every every illustration, the process is a bit different because they usually start differently. If I'm only sketching, I realize that if I'm just sketching for fun, I tend to go for like yellows, reds, mm-hmm. uh, oranges for me. But if I'm painting something and I need to do research about it, and uh, so I tend to look just for like paintings and all of that, like, and also, of course, understanding of color and light, but mm-hmm. um, it differs a lot. I know that I like, I like to have a lot of contrast, definitely. Yeah. And I do like to push lighting. That's uh-huh. the only thing in common, but um, the rest, it depends a lot of the, the painting of the, if it's for work or if it's personal mm. yeah mm. and how do you like for example I've just realized that for me the way I can add contrast is by first of all making the painting black and white so is there any kind of let's say foolproof way that you ensure that there's enough contrast in your work oh yeah the black and white it's a, a, a very very good trick yes. yeah so you definitely checking the values all the time um definitely that's what i do as well if i mm-hmm. feel like something is a bit off mm-hmm. with the colors i automatically change it to black and white and realize mm-hmm. okay that's the problem there's no enough contrast or, mm-hmm. because like values are three thousand more times important than color mm-hmm. itself right because if you have the values right the colors yeah. usually you can put any color with that value that it's gonna look okay yeah so definitely black and white is a old but gold trick yeah. it's like the it's the, it's the, the the thing to do that i yeah. think yeah definitely and that's I mean, one in, more example yeah. of how digital helps so much you mm. know because like mm. in in traditional if it's difficult to to see your painting in black and white right yeah or at yeah. least you can th- or you can take a photo but then again it's digital um, so i think that's one of the most important and one of the greatest things of the um, digital is like it's so easy just to straight away see where you're failing and why it's not mm. going well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. I think it's mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. It's I think this morning actually was when I it kind of clicked like the contrast thing because I was doing a drawing in black and white and then I changed mm-hmm. it to color and I was like, oh my god, this is crazy! Like you would never, I would never put these colors on the page. But yeah. then, because I was drawing in black and white, I didn't know what the colors were. Mm-hmm, so it was just, mm-hmm. it was a really cool experiment, definitely. Yeah, black and white is very, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> do you do a lot of personal work? Or do you try and make time for it? Yes, yes, always. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I do always try to find, to find time. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what kind of keeps me sane somehow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... Yeah. That what makes me like still enjoy a lot because like work is always work even though yes. I love work. Yeah, um, you always need uh, to follow someone. So well, in personal work, it's just you f- saying your own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're working in a team and all of that, you kind of uh, it's a teamwork. It's um, and you also you always have directors and it's a yeah. business that's what I yes mean. yes yes and when it's a business 
it's a business and when it's personal it's personal so I definitely have like a lot of I always try to keep my personal stuff as well so I never forget why I started drawing at the first place mm, at the first yeah. start you know yeah exactly exactly mm -hmm. and could you give some tips to people who may have really busy schedules and they say oh I don't have enough time to draw like mm -hmm. what tips do you have to ensure that they get in that personal drawing time let's say yeah so uh, I do understand that because at the moment I'm I the past weeks as you probably know I've been like so busy that of course mm -hmm. I didn't have time as well to draw anything almost but mm -hmm. um I think when you're too busy, so the first, the most important thing is you you should never like, like let yourself be overworked for more than let's say a month, right? Mm -hmm. If you've been overworking for more than six months, it's because something is terribly wrong, mm -hmm. and I've done, I've done that before, and it's not good. It's mm -hmm. uh, usually people tend to romanticize if this mm. is a word the yes. idea yeah. of overwork but it's not a thing to be it's not a romantic thing it's not a nice thing to do like so if you don't have time you should consider first of all why you don't have time and change that right uh if you don't have time because you're like on netflix and playing <laughs> games and all of that that's a different story right mm -hmm. because sometimes i'm on I realize I spend the whole Saturday uh, on Netflix and then yeah. it's nighttime and I'm like, oh, I didn't have any time to draw. So that's just, <laughs> that's just procrastinating, right? Yeah. So, but when you have like a work for, let's say nine to six, or even if you stay a bit later, what I recommend is like, you know, just when you're in bed, that's why the iPad is really good mm. because you can just paint when you're like in bed or you're, when you're on the sofa waiting for dinner and, yeah. you know, you have your food in the oven and you're just sketching and all of that. So just find the tools, little sketchbooks, little, uh, an iPad without the pressure of like doing a good drawing or anything. You don't need to do it. You just need to have fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really agree with that um, statement like for example I I take the metro to work and that takes me an mm -hmm. hour one way so it's two hours in total basically so yeah. I I have a stylus on my phone so I actually paint whilst I'm on the metro which is really pretty, yeah exactly uh, useful commutes yeah. are amazing for that yeah. yeah that's the only thing good about a, a big commute is like yeah. at least you can you have time to read or yes. to to paint or anything so that's nice yeah yeah exactly exactly um i wanted to actually ask about your website as well um normally people say that you know you should really curate your website and you should only put your best work but it feels like you have a whole ton of variety on your website i mean do you do you put everything on there or is it curated work? So, yeah so um yeah I think so I think I kind of use my website as a let's say a, a personal kind of gallery so every mm. time I like a work I don't really think like I don't I never thought that much about you know portfolios or um what I should do or what I shouldn't and all of that and I know I sometimes I lose with that because I had a lot of uh, job opportunities where people actually actually called me and said like, hey, Kat, 
wow, I love your work, but what do you actually do? <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny, but because I, I do understand that it can be a bit confusing because I have, I don't have anything like very specific, like right. this is a character, this is a background, this is this, this, I just like paint and put stuff there yeah. um which is which uh, i'm not sure if i recommend it for mm -hmm. uh, but it's been working for me you that's it's been working um of course i have um password protected a part where i have my professional work and maybe there it's a bit more um organized let's say but mm -hmm. um for my personal stuff like the main page and the other pages I think that's just me having fun and I just posting there and I don't know. Yeah. Just sharing. Uh, I never really built, I think that I only built a proper portfolio in the beginning when I graduated. And mm -hmm. after that, my website and my Instagram have been my, like, it's a daily portfolio. So it's like every day or every week or every month, I just put a painting there and maybe I might delete one from the past or, you know, it's a work in progress forever portfolio, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really nice. And would you or do you ever print your portfolio or is it always just digital, like online? Um, I printed my graphic design portfolio. Mm -hmm. I had for a while, like when I graduated, I had it, even though I never sent it to any graphic design companies mm. because when I graduated from graphic design I I said like okay I'm gonna take six months to find a job in animation so in what I really love and if it if nothing happens I will start looking for a graphic design gig but mm. then I was lucky to find it so I never really used my graphic design portfolio but um no, uh, for the digital arts, it's been digitally always. Mm. I have mm -hmm. prints and stuff, but never has a portfolio, always has a, a gift to people, a present or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you have you have so much work. I think one thing that I'm really curious about is how do you kind of face, let's say, face the fear of the blank canvas in a way? Because yeah, um, I feel like a lot of people have that fear. Yeah, I don't face it. I hate it. <laughs> It's so scary. I know every time is like, it's, it's really a pain. And um, it's the most difficult part is to open Photoshop or even traditionally to have a canvas and just mm. like staring at it. And it's so scary and it's horrible. Um, mm -hmm. What I usually tend to do, and this kind of helps me is um, I use like, a f I have like, so what I start doing it is um, imagine that I'm working on a series of illustrations or anything. So I have my old work, some of my work there. And of course, I, I also always have references like mm -hmm. from photos I like or paintings I like. And I just start adding color, shapes, anything just to take me out of that like emptiness of a mm. white canvas, you know, mm -hmm. even though if I even if I after it turns out not being nothing like how it started, I always yeah. prefer to have a triangle, a red triangle to have nothing, you know, yeah. it's always just like add something just to break the ice, like, let's say, mm -hmm. yes. our coat, like, 
because like it's like a date if you're just staring at the person <laughs> that is in front of you and you say nothing very quickly it gets like really awkward and if yeah. you just want to kill yourself basically so just like don't be like that with the canvas just say something even if it's like the most stupid thing like i want cheese just say it so you can just like break the ice and start having a conversation with your canvas about it like because like painting is a conversation right it's a conversation with yourself with the canvas so you just need to see it as a conversation and mm -hmm. i'm quite a talkative person so i i tend to sketch a lot before any painting or any drawing <laughs> mm, that's really nice the way you translated talking to sketching like how you related yeah. the two <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cool so it's like your hands are talking through your mm -hmm. exactly it is yeah it is. that's that's really nice and you mentioned your inspirations and stuff so could you maybe mention drop a few names or kind of whoever inspires you because i think you have really you probably yeah. have a lot of good inspiration <laughs> sources <laughs> so of course like the big masters uh yep. monet uh, well all the masters that everyone yeah. says yeah. like i'm not gonna repeat those because mm -hmm. uh, i think the whole impressionist movement movement is my biggest source of inspiration yeah. and not as much uh, of course monet is like my all-time favorite artist yeah. but yeah. um also the meaning of impressionism because like impressionism came to break all the mm. academic uh, paintings and like all the rules basically yep. at the time you know and it was also uh, so the art world in general they never really accepted impressionism in the beginning because yeah. they thought it was very unfinished and sketchy yeah. and they literally used these words so as my work sometimes might seem a bit unfinished and sketchy or something i think because i think w what really um fascinates me about impressionism is how paint painters they started um communicate about uh the the atmosphere of a place and the imp impression of a place instead of just copying exactly what they were seeing so that's my biggest source of inspiration is not uh, a painting itself is um, a thought is like this idea of how does it feel the, the the moment and now and not exactly how how it is so when i think about a tree i always try to think about like what is a tree you know a tree is not just like uh, a brown stick with like uh, green stuff on top is like what makes a tree be a tree like the wind is like the place where she is like it's like the shadows it's the light you know uh, there are a lot of things about a tree that that are about the atmosphere what that tree is and not exactly like a brown trunk and with the crown a green crown you know mm. um so i think that's my biggest source of inspiration is definitely the impressionist movement movement mm. and also the thought and the design process in the in that um, yeah. but also i of course i have like lots of if we are talking about like now digital art and all of that i have lots of 
people that inspire me and a lot of work. I think uh, one of my main inspirations was French animation in general. So I think Mm -hmm. the Illusionist movie, for example, it's like a masterpiece, which I always, always come back is from Sylvian uh, Chaumet. I don't know how to pronounce his name Mm -hmm. properly, but I think it's the Illusionist movie is a masterpiece and a lot of like French, French animators and uh, French uh, digital artists. I also really love um, Mm -hmm. Alberto Mielgo, for example. I liked how fresh his style was um, when he did the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse concepts. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of uh, people that inspire me. Usually um, Craig Mullins as well. Well, a lot of people... uh, all the digital artists that inspire me, I follow them on Instagram mostly, and some of mm-hmm. them on directly on their websites if they don't have Instagram. But um, yeah, uh, impressionism mostly, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think basically looking deeper into the meaning of things rather than just seeing things at face value, right? Yeah, exactly. For example, like yeah. a, a Van Gogh painting, uh, I, I can't say that I love some of his paintings for the painting but I love what's behind that painting right Mm. what what makes him do that painting so from that moment I start loving the painting straight away even Mm. if I'm not a fan of like what he did or anything um you know it's just like I think uh, design and art and all of that I still believe that if it means something it's it's worth appreciation you know um so that's definitely something that i i always look for i don't um i it's difficult for me to enjoy a drawing just because it's pretty let's say Mm -hmm. uh i do enjoy it i like to see pretty art but i want to see meaningful art as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) that may not necessarily look pretty (laughs) exactly yeah exactly and then suddenly it starts to look pretty because you know the yeah. whole beauty concept is very conceptual <laughs> so yeah. what is beautiful and what is not uh, i think beautiful is the truth if it's mm. if it's true if it's honest it's beautiful mm. it's like our personality makes someone better looking <laughs> if they have a good exactly yeah exactly just like that it's I think it works the same way with paintings Mm. yeah that's really nice we just personified paintings (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah no that's really cool and um I think before we wrap up I just wanted to touch briefly on the Foster's project going back to (laughs) the reason why I wanted to interview you I just Mm -hmm. as a because I graduated from architecture actually so um, Ah, okay yeah so I I have a background in architecture so I was really curious actually to know about um this book and especially because you know when I saw the illustrations I was like whoa this is not Foster's because Foster's is (laughs) very clean minimal design and then this drawing of like super messy super kind of colorful and playful so Mm -hmm. could you talk us through the project and kind of how you got it and how you went about um you know actually executing the project Mm -hmm. so Foster's and Partners was a amazing experience um i was in london i lived in london uh 
we, so this this happened just before the corona mm -hmm. uh, pandemic and all of that um i remember uh, so i spent two years freelancing mostly okay. but then i had to stay in london for a while and mm -hmm. then i decided like okay maybe i i'm just gonna find a full-time job anything and i remember <clears throat> paul he he works for fosters he called me one day saying like hey cat uh, would you be interested in having an interview with Narinder Sagu and all of that? Oh, I don't wow. know if you... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And but but and then I told him straight away, of course. But um, I I know anything about architecture, right? Mm. I don't know nothing. Like a, I'm a noob. Like I really don't. I do appreciate it. I love architecture, but. Well, I never studied architecture or anything. And that's and he said, like, that's exactly what we want. Like mm -hmm. someone who is not uh, an architect geek or something like that. And um, and then, yeah, I went there. And I think um, I really connected really well with Narinder. He's amazing. Like mm -hmm. um, he, you know, you know, those persons that you just like when you meet, you just like straight away stuff start talking with yeah. them and you just really enjoy them from yeah. the very beginning i think that's what happens narinder is like absolutely amazing and inspirational he's a he's super funny and he's really nice basically <laughs> and uh so i had this interview with him like really chill i was not expecting and to be honest i didn't even know how big foster and partners was mm -hmm. were because I didn't come from the background of yeah. architecture. So I was kind of familiar, but I, I didn't know how big they were. Yeah. Um, and that helped me as well, because yeah. like, imagine. you know, I was really chill. And, um, <laughs> and he said like, your work is amazing. Like, I really like your, the way you use lighting, all of that. So do you just want to work with us? And I said, yes. And then I started working for them um, as a concept artist. Um, but then what happened was the, um, the corona. So I was in studio. I was um, a full time, like a normal, regular job there. And um, in the Narinder's, in Narinder's team. Uh, and then uh, the corona pandemic started. So I was actually one of the first persons in the studio started getting like panic about it. I was like, oh, maybe we should all get home. And Narinder was like, no, let's try to hold a bit and no, no, no. But then we all went home. And um, sadly, because like the studio had an amazing environment and the food mm. there was amazing, to be honest. <laughs> so, priorities. Priorities like, oh, damn, why do I need to go home now that I found a good porridge in London? But um, yes. So. I don't know, it's so hard to find good porridge. So. <laughs> It is, trust me, in London it's quite difficult to find good okay. food. But um, no, yeah, then we went home and um, and then, you know, the pandemic hit and it was like scary in London. Uh, I don't know how it was where you, you live, but in London yeah, in the beginning sure was quite it's like... scary everywhere, yeah. Yeah, like really stressful and scary. And so I decided like... Yeah, maybe it's time just to go back to Portugal and um, just to see how to be close to my family, you know, because I was worried about my parents and all of that. 
so yeah i had to leave unfortunately and uh i had to leave the job but um i'm still in touch with narinder i i think like uh, when i go back to london i definitely want to hang out with him and like know what they've been up to but um yeah i had to leave fosters but um although i learned a lot there and the book uh was um so someone i think uh, he he doesn't have his name out but someone from the studio he was writing these things for children during the quarantine like just like to for the children of the people of the studio like mm. to have some fun and they oh, had like okay. these meetings like reading stories for children which was amazing and um so yeah uh, the book started like that and then they they just shared it online but in the beginning was a studio thing was like for the the children of the employees of the artists there mm -hmm. you know um but then they published it which was fun as well they they published it online but mm -hmm. um it started as a very kind of small and private thing, oh. I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, actually. You know, mm -hmm. the, why it is the way it is then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I think that's, that's amazing. And I'm glad it, it still went through the project. And I'm glad it was released to the public. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was really cool. I worked on another project there, but that was the, the project that uh, came out so uh, like quickly uh, and faster, yeah. Mm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, just to, for my own curiosity, do, do they have a lot of scope for illustrators? I mean, what kind of work is there in architecture um, practice? I don't think they have a lot of illustrators, illustrators, because of course they don't do books mm. or anything. Mm. Although they have a concept art team and uh, Narinder is the um, senior um, concept art, not senior, he's like the, um, mm. well, he's a senior partner. Right. And he's, um, so he's the, the oh, how is it? Uh, the manager of the concept art team, I don't, mm. the director, yeah, let's say director. Yeah, so they have, uh, so I joined that team, the concept art team. So we were doing like paintings of landscapes and like imagining how, so we have a building, how is the environment around, all of that. So lighting, paintings, very fun, a fun job, a different, uh, is obviously not in my area or anything, but as I mentioned, like I love to experiment. So when I heard about architecture, I said like, well, yeah, why not? Like, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't like to like close myself. Hmm. Um, you know, if, if someone, calls me from um, medicine laboratory in Dubai, maybe I'll say, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's see what <laughs> we can do together. You know, that's what I love about life. Yeah. Generally. Like you can just like go for so many different things and learn so many different things with people. Like it's so nice to meet like people from different uh, fields who kind of collide you with you and uh, yeah I really enjoy that yeah yeah and I think that's a good way to uh, to end the podcast <laughs> mm -hmm. okay yeah. do you have any final comments that you'd like to make no uh, thank you for having me uh, I hope I somehow I don't know helped with something or said anything like that it can be useful um, it's been a pleasure 
So yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Noor. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Kat. I most certainly did. I learned a whole lot of new stuff and it was really nice to be able to get a professional perspective uh, from a guest on this podcast. I learned it's completely okay to have different styles and I also learned that design is all the same whether it's architecture or art or animation. The process is pretty much the same with lots of different stages and you have problems all of the time, you'll have to collaborate, but even though there may be problems and there may be struggles, overall just have fun and don't feel pressured. That is what I got from Kat's interview. With that, I will end this episode and see you next week for another interesting episode on the Pixel Paper podcast. Bye!